It's Amanda and Barron, and we are back again. And I uh, want to give a huge shout out to our second half sponsors for the second segment. Uh, and that is Keep It Sarah Simple for all of your dietary needs. She is your go-to girl for that. And Five Marketing for all of your website needs. If you ha- want a new website or if you are just like, you know what, my old website's just not cutting it, he is your go-to. And that is Five Marketing and Keep It Sarah Simple. So I'm going to throw out some statistics because you like it when I do that. Okay, hit me with it. And these are 30-year-old statistics. Gosh, I'm 31. These statistics are older than you are. They're almost as old as you So, again, the book is called The Cancer Prevention Diet. It is not on our website yet because I'm not even sure how easy it is to find this book. I got pretty lucky finding this book. The book was written in 1993. Okay. And each chapter, as we talked about, is a specific cancer. So I'm in Chapter 12, which is lung cancer. And it says, in the last decades, which we're talking the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, because it was written in 93. In the last decades, the incidence of lung cancer has risen more sharply in the United States than any other form of cancer. Okay. Hmm. Today, it is the leading cause of cancer deaths in both men and women, accounting for 28% of all cancer deaths in 1991. And the data hadn't changed because we saw what AARP said, right? Right, right. In men, incidence fell slightly from the first part of 1984. But it says from 1950 to 1977, incidents in American women more than tripled from four for every 100,000 to 15. So from 1950 to 1977, lung cancer tripled among women. Okay, wow. And you said a little earlier that it was the leading cause. It's, it's the, it is, lung cancer is the most diagno- diagnosed cancer in women under 40. Yeah, so that is backed up by what the book says. It also says, although lung cancer will kill an estimated 146,000 Americans in 1993. Wow. What are we at now? Do we know what the statistic is for 2020? I don't know for lung cancer specifically. Okay. But if we use the data, the data is saying one in five. So based upon the data, in 2021, two million Americans were diagnosed with cancer. Two million new cases in 2021. If a quarter of those, or I'm sorry, one in in five, so 20% of those, that means four million Americans got lung cancer. Jeez. In one year. That's insane. That is. That's unacceptable. Yeah. Very. Especially when some of the things we're talking about, can you can prevent cancer. Yeah, yeah. Or at least reduce the odds. You can help your chances yeah. 100% in, in so many different ways. It's it's it's. So it does say that there's 146,000 Americans that are going to die from cancer in 1993. 168,000 new cases that year alone. 160. 168,000 new cases wow. in that year alone. Jeez. Wow. So this is 30-year-old data. Now, I want to, because the because the book is older, it doesn't even realize that radon exists yet. But I think it's important for those that are just coming back from the break. We have a guest in studio who's really kind of a resident expert on radon. Mm-hmm. So tell us again who you are, what's your business, and how do they get a hold of you if they want to know? Yes, Absolutely. hold on. Really quick, everybody grab a pen and a paper because you're going to want to take down her information and number. Oh, you guys are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Rachel Dolan. I am the owner of Valley Radon. And- 
and I operate here in Salem. I also do the entire Willamette Valley, so I service okay. the whole valley, Portland, and Eugene. Oh, wow. So okay. no distance. We won't travel to make sure that our fellow Oregonians are safe and free from any type of environmental lung cancer scares here. Yeah. And, and you said so, you go Portland to Eugene. Yep, Portland to Eugene. So I'm going to throw a question at you. Yeah, go ahead. Because I know a little bit about some of the things you've studied, some of the passions of yours. Yeah. I recently had a chance to watch a really interesting documentary. Hold they on, have... she didn't get her phone number out. Oh, my bad. Oh, sorry. Pen Thank you for stopping me. Yeah. Pen and paper. Those guys were scratching their heads I know, for a minute. They're like, wait a minute. I know. I'm like, stop on. You soon. don't get your question yet. No, it's all good. So... Uh, you can follow us on social media. Of course, we're Valley Rate on LLC on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, our phone number directly. If you have any questions about Radon or about your um, home scenario, feel free to give us a call. Our phone number five zero three eight eight one two five nine seven. Um, I'm going to throw this out there really quick. Uh, with it being Lung Cancer Awareness Month, we are doing a $50 off of your home radon test. Generally, we charge $150 okay. for your home radon test. It is $50 off. Okay. We want to help people during Lung Cancer Awareness Month yeah. be aware of what's going on in their home and environmental factors that could be affecting them and their families. So yeah. feel free to reach out, let us know, check out our, our social media page. It has that code for that $50 off. So let us know. But go ahead. Right, I'm just going to go with Romantic. Can I ask my question now? Uh, yeah, one second. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll so I can't ask my question. We're going to repeat her number at the end for those that did, weren't able to grab it that one time. So, okay. Of course. Now, yeah. We're, we're on our 32nd episode. You have me totally out of control now. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you is, in the documentary, they have found soil samples in, outside of Eugene mm -hmm. that match soil samples from Montana. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. This sounds familiar. And, and, and in the documentary, what it's talking about is if you go back to the Ice Age, these massive glaciers move from Montana. And if you ever driven through the gorge, and now that you think about this, here's this huge chunk of ice cutting the gorge out, literally cutting the gorge out. So if you look at it, you can actually kind of see a V now. Right. But it's carrying soil from Montana all the way to Eugene before the ice finally melted. Okay, and then didn't you say that radon is found in m more in the rocks? Yes, so like Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, places where there are larger larger rock formations. But what happens is, is during that last ice age that Baron just mentioned, is when those ice caps melted, it overflowed Great Lake Missoula. So what happened is, even though you wouldn't think like, oh, that lake in Montana overflowed all the way to Oregon? Yes, actually it did. That's um, crazy. So, so if you think about all of that water and think about even if you just watch, say, a TikTok or a YouTube reel really quick where there's a piece of an, uh, an ice cap falling into the water and how much movement that makes. Imagine how much water from those melting glaciers that overflowed that lake which went all the way into the Columbia River and all the way down into the Willamette. How far do the, does the Willamette go? Right. Pretty far. Pretty so far. So naturally, that would explain why your soil samples would match or even some of those rocks that might have that higher uranium deposits in them to be in Oregon. That's why so Portland you, is still more known to have high radon. Have you seen a national map of radon? Where's, where's radon highest nationally? Do you know? So north, north, mid, U.S., um, east, northern, northern east coast, um, the north mid. Mm -hmm. Montana's kind of north west. mid. West-ish. North Dakota's probably more north. Right. 
But the soil that you keep talking about that may have been in Montana and then come all the way down here might be part of that north mid that's now down in our area. Correct. Yep. So maybe with this information, it might be good to get your child's check for radon. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I would highly recommend it. 100%. If it's, so, if it's something that easy just to check, have that peace of mind. Exactly. Especially when you have a deal going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not? Hit Wh- me with the number one more time real quick. 503-881-2597. You're getting pretty good at this. I know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I do want to touch on the other lung cancer. Yes. Before we run out of time here. Okay. So again, the, the again the book is 30 years old. And so the only thing they're going to talk about in here is tobacco. Because mm-hmm. that's all we think about, right? The, number, the leading cause of lung cancer is still tobacco. Yep. Right. It the is. The point we wanted to bring in is the second leading cause is now radon. Yeah. Yep, it is. So it's so up there. We started with number two, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we gave Rachel time to talk about radon. Number one is still tobacco. <clears throat> but this is what I found intriguing from the book is it says for centuries, North American Indians, all of the Native Americans, have smoked tobacco without developing cancer. Okay. Well, that's weird. Can you say it again? Yeah. Well, yeah, Native Americans mm-hmm. smoked tobacco without mm-hmm. developing cancer. That's well, how does that work? Do you think it's the carcinogens inside our... Oh, it's more than that. <laughs> oh, do tell. Well, Amanda knows, Spill it. Am- Amanda, know, Amanda knows me well, so I don't let soil... Uh, uh, soil? I don't let soil... I don't get grass... We're talking soil here. I don't yeah, let soil yeah. grow under my feet. <laughs> I didn't let the grass grow, so I kept digging. It's, it says the quality of modern tobacco is also a contributing factor in the increased cancer rates. So if you go back to Native Americans... 1700s, 1800s. First off, it's much more pure tobacco. Right. And it was part of a ceremony. So they smoked Mm. it once every 10 days. Okay. In a a smaller quantity as part of their ceremony. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, some people smoke a whole pack a day. Yeah, we're chiefing like the Indians. (laughs) Yeah. I used to smoke almost two packs a day. Two a day. Wow. Yeah. So the, and he says the quality. I know. (laughs) Baron gave me a god-awful look. He wasn't even sure what to say. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I know this Amanda. I don't know that Amanda. Right, right. So every time you tell me this stuff, it shocks me. If I, I know. I don't know that Amanda. I, I, I don't, don't know the Amanda that was 40 pounds heavier than this Amanda. Yes. I, I quit smoking cigarettes three years ago. So. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Good for the, you. That's yeah. not an easy fight. No. It's not. So go ahead. Sorry. The original Indio tobacco was grown naturally without phosphate uh, fertilizer. Okay. Oh. So the fertilizer that we're using to grow the tobacco is a contributing factor. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Do you think they have organic cigarettes? They do. They do. Do they really? Yeah. I just know nothing about cigarettes. So well, in, I don't, in, in, I don't in the makeup, smoke so. either. Yeah. But I worked at Costco for years, and so we had a big, huge tobacco section. Interesting. And there is a cigarette brand. I forget what it's called now, but it actually has a Native American on the front of the cigarette. It's much more organic tobacco. Oh. Much more. Much more. probably not. I'm still not going to guarantee it. Right. <laughs> but the other thing that threw me off here is it says, in the drying process... So you pick the tobacco, you got to dry it. Commercial cigarettes also have 5 to 20% sugar by weight. Really? Like, like, granule, like granule sugar? Like they're soaking the tobacco in sugar water what? and then drying it. 
do you think that helps with like a preservation? No, it gets or you like more addicted. Taste? It gets you more addicted oh, to the dadgum yeah. cigarettes. That's oh, that'll is. do it. Is that why I love chocolate so much? Gosh darn it. <laughs> is, does it give it a better taste as well? I, like, it, well, it probably does. I don't know. Not that it, cigarettes taste good at but all. I do know for a fact that McDonald's soaks their french fries in, in sugar water, <gasps> which is why McDonald's french fries are so dadgum addicted. Stop when it. I make for mash, real? For real. When I, when I make mashed potatoes, I put in sugar. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> it does have flavor, but it also makes it more addictive. Yes. That just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Amanda always loves it when I bring this information. There is, there, And this is the part of the book that talks about me, uh, medical evidence. So in 1773. Okay. You're going way back. Way back. There was a chemist. He was a professor of chemistry at a college in Paris, France. He urged that cancer be treated by drinking carrot juice. Okay. I bet that'd kill her eyesight. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, does it explain what the correlation is between carrot juice and cancer prevention? I did go to a friend of mine who, during college, she went to college at UC Davis, and she was involved in a number of clinical trials. Oh, interesting. In the book, it actually says that there was a suggestion in 1993. Now, she did these clinical trials in 1976. So, knowing that, I asked her. She said they still don't have enough evidence to prove, but there's a chemical in carrots called beta-carotene. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were thinking that beta-carotene would kill lung cancer. Okay. There still isn't proof of it, but in, in 1773, he, he thought carrots, real food. Okay. Right? Let's jump forward a little bit more. 1967, a little more current. Indicates that vitamin A protects against all cancers in laboratory animals of 113 hamsters dosed with tumor-induced chemicals, one of them being lung cancer. They were given vitamin A, and the cancer went away in 53 of those hamsters. Wow. Just vitamin A. Vitamin A. That's interesting. Not quite half, but almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So vitamin A is very easy to pick up at a... Fred Meyer, right. whatever, right? So just add vitamin A to your diet. Does it mean you're not getting lung cancer? No. I'm not telling you anything I'm telling you is not going to get it. But if half of the hamsters, the cancer went away, they had lung cancer, vitamin A might have some value. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Uh, That's a great tidbit. Yeah. So the book is just amazing with the stuff that it talks about on how to prevent cancers mm-hmm. through food. Now are you going to hit me with the story? I've Did been you bring nervous. Kleenexes? They're right there. I have a whole huge pile. There's two stories I want to give you an update on. Okay. Okay. The first one's a happy one. Oh, good. This being Lung Cancer Awareness Month, and we've talked about the Go Team concept. Two years ago, we did a Go Team for Jennifer Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And we've told Jennifer's story. Yep. On the 9th of November, so recently, we organized a flash mob. Okay. I've always wanted and- to be in one of those. <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually a lot of fun. Was it? Jennifer is the general manager for the Corvallis Knights baseball team. I contacted Bree, who's the president of the team, mm-hmm. and I said, we have to do this without without Jennifer knowing about it. Jennifer, and this is how it ties in for the lung cancer, Jennifer's cancer started in the left lung, and I would encourage our listeners to go back to old podcast. You can find her actual story. We told us in one of the podcasts. It starts in her left lung. They treat with chemotherapy, radiation. They're trying to get these tumors out. They thought they had it, but now she's down to 25% of her lung capacity in the left lung. So she's basically breathing through her right lung. Right. Early last year, she goes in for her regular checkup, and there's a one millimeter size spot. That's very, very small. Very. She goes in a month later, it's gone from one millimeter to five millimeters. That grew very fast. Wow. By early this year, not only had it grown, but it had split. There was like five or six other spots they were detecting. They knew the lung cancer had come back 
in the right lung. Go ahead. Why didn't they do something about it the, when it was... A millimeter. Or five. Or five, yeah. When it was one, you can see it's there and you begin to detect them. there's a problem. Mm-hmm. When it had grown to five, now they're getting concerned. Now they're looking for what do we do, right? I feel like I would be looking at what do we do when it was at five or one. I'm a planner, though. Yeah. Amen well, to that. <laughs> what, what they did is they came back to them and said, here's the problem is there was enough radiation on the left side, enough chemotherapy on the left side, that to do radiation on the right side, we have to go through your esophagus, Ooh, okay. which will kill you. Yeah. So we can't treat it. Oh, so they put so her on Keytruda, which is it's immunotherapy to not cure the cancer, but basically slow its growth down mm-hmm. and use your own immune system. So we did our event with their team in July. I ran to Jennifer, and she's dragging an auction thing behind her. We talked about the fact yeah. that that filled her cup. Mm-hmm. Yes. Except what I realized is now she's on palliative care. What's that for people that don't know? Because I don't, so... You've heard of hospice. I'm sure I can't be the only one that doesn't know. No, he's mentioned it before. She asked me the same question. Yep. Have you heard of hospice? Yes. So if they put you on hospice, the end is in sight, like really close, and they're they're just there so that when you do pass away, there's someone with you. That's hospice. Palliative care means that they can't can't treat it, so they're going to make you as comfortable as possible until you pass away. Wow. She's on palliative care now. Knowing that she was on palliative care... We ran to the team and I said, let's do something again. Yeah. So we got the word out through a variety of emails. We kept it as secret as we could so that she couldn't find out about it. I didn't even know how people were going to show up. Right. I just came down there with a bunch of our hats, right? Yeah. Over 25 people just started coming into this parking. I, like, you know, I don't know how many are going to show up. I'm just there. Yeah. Just me and one of my board members, two of us. And the people just started flowing in and we all put a gray cap on, baseball cap on. And we had time. So she was going to come in at 10 o'clock in the morning. And we had a little speaker, and as soon as she came out, we played Center Filled by Creedence Crew out of her bio. Okay, is that one of her favorite songs? Oh, the hair on my arms is standing up. It's The song is, put me in, coach. I'm oh. ready to play. Oh, okay. Center Field. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a singer, so. But <laughs> it was, was appropriate. It was yeah, appropriate so for a gal who works with baseball. Yeah. And then these people are dancing and waving and giving her love and hugs. And, and that's what, what we did. What an amazing summer. moment. And she was just beaming. I, I can only imagine. She probably felt so special for all those people so to show loved. up. To get 25 people at one location for a flash mob, that's not easy. At 10 o'clock in the morning, in the middle of the week? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the president of one of the banks showed up. One of the local people. they all knew her. Yeah. So they took time out of their day to come down for this flash mob. What, she must what great have, support. She must have felt amazing. Uh, that was very I, I kind of you she, to I do that. I think she was pretty impressed. I think she was pretty just impressed. a a feel good moment for her. Just wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm loved. That's exactly I'm cared it. about. Well, if you go to seen. if you go to Kicking Dash Cancer's Facebook page, so we have a website, Kicking Dash Cancer.org. You can find our story on there. But we have a Facebook page too, and so if you go to Kicking Cancer's Facebook page, there are pictures from that event. Okay. All right. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So that's that's our happy follow-up story. I love that follow-up. And I'm going to give you a happy follow-up, but it's hard to hear. Okay. This one, it is happy? It is happy. Oh. It's actually it's very happy. You all scared. <laughs> I, I was like ready to your cry. Butt. I mean. <sighs> so we've talked about Ozzy. Yes. So I'm just going to review for the listeners, and I don't think Rachel even knows. Yes. Uh, Kicking Cancer, kind of like Make-A-Wish. We get requests to help somebody. We got a request way early this year to help a little three-year-old boy in Albany who had been diagnosed with a very, very rare brain cancer with statistically a 1% survival rate. 
Oh my gosh. So yeah, so I, I can't even imagine. And and what the parents are going through. If yeah. you, if you follow the statistics, he had eight to ten months to live. Oh my. He God. was diagnosed in March. It is November, mm-hmm. and we are in month eight. Okay. So I reached out to his dad, and I said, "Can we tell the listeners how he's doing?" Yeah. Because we've been, we've gotten a few updates. We told his story. We've given a few updates. We well, this we went... update is as recent as three days ago. Okay. So it's a very recent. All right. And I'm going to do my best to read this, and, and I may cry, so I'm going to do my best. Okay. <laughs> so he does say that since August, which was, I think, when we told his story, uh, we finished his, his last round of chemotherapy and prepared to put a, a shunt revision in his head. So just so everybody knows... His cancer is in the back of his head. It's in the back part of the brain. Mm -hmm. It's not attached to the brain stem, so they can't cut the tumor off. So they had to put a little transport system, which is the shunt, and now they have to inject this stuff into the tumor. Okay. So just some terminology in the story. Thank you for that. So the shunt is the transport system, system, and the CAR-T injections is how they're hoping to kill this tumor. That's going to play. If you don't know what those are, I just want to make sure you know. Perfect. So he says, early September, we made the trip to Seattle to the children's hospital to get Aussie cells extracted, and they use a a dialysis machine. They had placed the Hickman's port on his right and installed a port on his left. So what they're doing is they're pulling blood out to then draw out these CAR T cells. Okay. Okay. So they did that in September. They came home. They drove back. They pulled enough uh, T cells to make six months worth of injections. Wow. Oh. Has anyone ever seen a dialysis machine? I, I honestly have I not. I have not. Basically, they hook one side of your arm up, and they pull the blood out, and they put it back in the other side. Okay. Hmm. They're doing that to a three-year-old. Wow. Oh, baby. They're pulling the blood out yeah. to get the T-cells out and then injecting the blood back in. Okay. And they got enough T-cells out to get six months' worth of this treatment. Wow. Okay. okay. We went home for about three days, came back up. He says, flash forward to October. Okay. That's last month. Mm-hmm. We went back up to the Ronald McDonald house. I thought you would appreciate I that. Do. <laughs> I, I thought do. you would appreciate that. They're amazing. That's what they're there for, to help like that. Yeah. He says, the first injection went very well, although he, which is Ozzy, he did throw up a few times and grabbed his head, but we had a great team that had a plan. The second injection t- uh, took place about two weeks later. The second injection was significantly worse. They had told us that most patients had side effects at almost precisely three hours after the injection. Mm-hmm. This is true. Right at the three-hour mark, <clears throat> Ozzy started screaming and crying that his head hurt. So what's happened is they've drawn the blood, they've pulled these CAR T cells out, they've injected them through that little transport shunt into the tumor. And three hours after doing that, his head started to hurt. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's got to be hard to watch yeah. and oh. see. I can't even imagine being a parent. Yeah. Right? Not at all. Watching your baby go through that. Oh. Yeah, your three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think you of anyone can mm-hmm. relate to this. So he was pleading and screaming at us. The nurses had to give him some medicine to calm him down. It all started just as they were transferring us to the hospital bed where we would stay that night. They had made a bed for Charlotte and Ozzy to stay in. Depending on how each patient reacts, they give the option to go home or manage the symptoms, Shia and I decided to stay at the bedside. Um, when we got up to our room, he, Ozzy, uh, was, was doing better. The next day, he is usually a little groggy and under the weather, but the second day after the injection, he's back to his old self. <gasps> wow. So the pain was three hours, 
But the next morning, he's good. He's good. Wow. And has usually a line of fire trucks responding <laughs> to emergencies in the room, like pretending fires and saving animals from different places around the room. Oh, so he's in good spirits. Not only is he better, but he's in having fun. You're going to love what comes next. Okay. It's amazing how tough kids are. Mm hmm. And you would probably attest to that. Yes. <laughs> And no matter how bad he is crying and doesn't want to do something at the hospital, he always, and I mean always, makes sure to say thank you to the nurses. Oh, How sweet. Just a little gentleman out there, Ozzy. <laughs> yeah. Even when tears are rolling down his cheeks, he tells them thank you. Oh. Oh, that's so precious. So how sweet. humbling. I know. So As a parent, sweet. watch your three-year-old thank the nurses for the pain you just went through. Yeah. Right? The last injection was decided to give him all the meds two hours and 30 minutes instead of three hours. So they did it earlier. It made a huge difference. He wasn't crying or grabbing his head. There was no vomiting. He mostly slept. When he woke up, he was watching cartoons. His fourth injection is scheduled for next week. Okay. And the following week, we will do an MRI. What we... What we don't know right now is how much the treatment has affected the tumor. Right. But I believe it has a major positive in effect. We were able to do trick-or-treating. Oh, oh yay. Good. At the zoo and the aquarium. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Oh. We got to see him throw fish at Pike's Market. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. He has been having fun every day when we aren't scheduled for appointments and even when he still finds a way to encourage himself. He showed his Halloween costume to the nurses. Um, I don't think a single one of them didn't say hi. That's so sweet. You're gonna make me cry. You cry. And we are past cry. time, so cut me off. <laughs> it's okay, I can. Okay, well with that, uh, Five Marketing and Keep It Sarah Simple are our second sponsors of the second half, so thank you to them, and we will see you guys next time. Come with me as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.